0: jacob dupree the uh, illustrious commissioner as i like to call myself would it be too prideful to make a t-shirt for me that says the illustrious commissioner
1: it probably would be but it doesn't mean you can't do it still
0: amen Uh, that voice you just (laughs) heard was uh the glorious almighty jance who always accompanies me jance how are you doing tonight amigo
1: good it's i mean how could you not be happy with this past week of fantasy explosion finally i mean it seems like we had like four weeks of just complete sloth. Close. Yep. And then this week was so fun.
0: And unfortunately, an empire ran up against the doctor who scored 190 points featuring 40 from Christian McCaffrey, 40 from Alvin Kamara, and then, oh, yeah, 33 from Tony Pollard. So. Yeah. That kind of week. The, the dream of empire back to back is most likely dead, but I'm going to keep trying. But anyways, we'll just we jump two things and have fun with life. A couple injuries of note. Cooper Cup rolled his ankle. He's expected to play in week nine just for kicks and giggles. If you see Allen Robinson or Van Jefferson on a waiver wire and free draft or dynasty, scoop him up. Uh, let's see here. Anything else particular? Not really.
1: <laughs> I, besides Cooper Cup, I mean, really got out of this week without any major injury. News, oh, which I,
0: I don't know, man. I found one right here. Kenny Galladay didn't play in week eight oh. because of a knee injury. <laughs> Oh, nobody cares. Retire Kenny Galladay. (laughs) Um, But anyways, so thankfully, like you said, nobody got injured, nobody croaked. So we're just going to jump into a conversation because we've been real running back heavy in our conversations for the past, you know, ever, because I feel like that's the thing that you focus on a dynasty roster to really like win now. We're going to transition to more like the comfortable pillow that always greets you when you go to sleep, known as like the quarterback in the wide receiver position. So Jantz, I'll just kind of let you pilot this whichever direction your little heart desires and I'll follow. you will be like the sheep and I'll be Bo Peep.
1: Sure. Well, we had this discussion and I've been, been thinking about it in most years we talk about the scarcity of running back. And so, you know, people are stockpiling that position. We've seen Dayton do it for years to a yes. success. Um, but this year almost feels different that while the running back position is not super top heavy like maybe it has been in the past it seems super deep and now that we've gotten to the middle point of the year and especially with bye weeks i mean like we we can categorize our wide receivers and our quarterbacks as could be ones and wide receiver ones as in a one through 12 position but as far as actual producing numbers it's really hard to find 12 guys that you can trust in that tier um yeah. i mean starting a quarterback for instance I mean, I've got the season averages pulled up in front of me, and it's just really nasty at the quarterback spot. I mean, the first six or seven are what you would think. It goes Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Mahomes, Burrow, Jackson, Kyler Murray, Tua. Those are your top seven, ranging from 28 points average for Josh Allen down to Nineteen for Tua,
0: and we'll even say that right there is a statement of how dominant Josh Allen's been. He has nine points better than the number seven yes. quarterback on a per game basis. It's insane, super
1: stud. But even Tua, even Tua at the quarterback seven yeah. on the year is only averaging nineteen points average. you want to guess? And I, this is taken into this doesn't take into account obviously that, that like
0: three point game's game you put played. Up. Yeah,
1: but Tyler Taylor Heineke, excuse me, is number eight on this list, and then Geno. And Kirk Cousins rounds out your top ten, God. and guys that you drafted towards the back end of your top ten. I mean, Justin Herbert, for instance. I mean, you know as well as anybody. Mm-hmm. At least in redraft, was going as a top, what four quarterback? Like a top three quarterback, dude. Dynasty. He's still top three quarterback, uh, and Rodgers. I'm still scrolling down. <laughs> <laughs> 27 for Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson at 23, Tom Brady at 22. I mean, it's just so bad. And so the reason why we bring up this conversation is that it's it's really important if you can have some of these studs and some of these quality guys. I mean, we see it every week now, especially in our Empire League, this two-quarterback and our uh, Criminals League, I believe. Is that two-quarterback? Uh,
0: the Stranger Danger and Criminals stranger. are both super flex. Okay, so flex.
1: So we see the importance of the quarterbacks. But I know for me, in my, empire, in my Empire team, I've got Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, And It's
0: a real good boss, man.
1: I mean, that's a good floor to start with. And so it's even more – I think it was even more pronounced. In wide, let me play a game with you when it comes no. to the wide receivers here real quick. Oh, no. So I'm just going to start from top to bottom on season, season average wide receivers. And you tell me when, or I'll I'll read off the name, and you just tell me whether whether you consider this guy a wide receiver one or not. And once again, I don't mean as in like one through twelve. I just mean like you just you in like in general.
0: Whenever I think in my head, I'm like he can be my wide receiver one for a team, and I'm
1: okay, okay. So DeAndre Hopkins up top, Stephon Diggs, Mm
0: -hmm. Cooper Cup, Mm -hmm.
1: Tyreek Hill. Keep going. Justin Jefferson, yeah. Jamar Chase, definitely. AJ Brown, yep. Jalen Waddle, yep. Right. So that, that's eight. Okay, we're good so far. And now is where it starts to get tough. Marquise Brown, nope. Nine. <laughs> Michael Thomas at ten. Heck no. Vontae Adams is eleven. We we both would say he's a wide receiver. Mm, one. Yeah. He's only averaging fourteen points. God.
0: That's and then disgusting. it
1: goes. Mike Evans at twelve. And then after that, it's, it's Tor Slob. It's a crap goes Kobe Myers, <laughs> 13. Amon Ross, St. Brown at 14. He's been injured, so yeah. he could probably be up there. Then Gabe Davis, Mike Thomas – or sorry, Mike Ew. Williams, Chris Olave. So, Ew. I mean, of all those names we went through, it was about 17 names. Mm. I would say – I'd say nine of those are wide receiver ones. I'd still give Devontae Adams the nod. Just because he's Devontae Adams. And then wide receiver twos are even tougher, in my opinion, because we went through a few names. Amon Ra is going to be wide receiver two. But even like Gabe Davis, while Gabe Davis is awesome, I don't know that I'd want to trust no. him as my wide receiver two. Debo Samuel's down here to 18. You would have envisioned he would be, but now yeah. he's dealing with injury. Michael Pittman's at 21. We thought that was an easy Ugh. lock to even be fringe, fringe wide receiver yeah. one. Now he's got and Sam Ellinger the, back there. <laughs> now at the quarterback change. I, all this to say that this is when you need to be doing scope or scoping out your league knowing that the trade deadline in all likelihood is in a few weeks for you and trying to find the value amongst this because in these positions quarterback wide receiver alike it's just especially with bye weeks it's tough sledding right now to find guys that you value um or I should say, guys that have the kind of value that you initially would have drafted them to be, Dynasty yeah. the same way. And that's – I want to take that conversation this direction. When it comes to Dynasty, I mean, just of those names that we kind of read off in that middle portion, uh, like a Mike Evans, a Devontae Adams, uh, a Devo Samuel, CeeDee Lambs at 19, Michael Pittman, are these – probably what you would consider slow starts to this half of season giving you any reservation from a dynasty aspect for some of these
0: guys I mean it's the difficult thing for me is like whenever like you have the top end names like you know for instance like the Justin Jefferson Jamar Chase AJ Brown Cooper Cup Jalen Waddle players like that I'm like I'm seeing something week in week out that lets me know that this guy's going to be good for next couple years almost regardless of who's playing quarterback sure but after that top like eight there's so many question marks out there that I just
1: I, I don't know like well, I, and and I know you want to get into this whether mm-hmm. we can do it now or even a little bit but I can't help but feel especially with the wide receiver position that how down quarterback is this year this there's point got to be it. some sort of tie-in here
0: yeah
1: from the standpoint of, of it only makes sense and we've had this discussion Time and time again on this podcast, but with the changing of the guard that seems to be happening now, mm-hmm. the quarterback, especially with the likes of an Aaron Rodgers yeah. and a Tom Brady and these sort of guys, it almost feels like we're losing some very top tier quarterbacks and we haven't quite yet gotten some guys to replace them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have some young studs, don't get me wrong. I obviously Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson,
0: but we're going from a Allen. bright age where for like it seems like for a decade. We have a great quarterback play i mean like drew Brees, peyton manning tom brady um i mean ben roethlisberger was there for a little for a hot minute uh, russell wilson was there for a hot minute you had um oh who else like philip rivers i would consider him he was a yeah. good fantasy quarterback yeah but like you said now I, we're just we just need to do an episode coming up where we don't talk about any games itself and just call it like the dynasty dark age Cause I feel like, like we've said is there's a changing of the guard coming at pretty much every position to where running backs kind of aging out with those top, like five, six guys that you think about for, you know, almost since 2014, 2012 wide receivers, it's the same little bit quarterbacks, the same bit tight ends. I mean, it's just gross in general after you get past Kelsey and Mark Andrews, but Kelsey's is going to be 33 right. next year, I think. Right. Um. But yeah, kind of like you said, it's just like, there's, Currently, there's not enough young, talented quarterbacks that we have seen emerge to feel confident with their ancillary options. Right. So but, and we're waiting on some of these guys to kind of take that step. We keep waiting on
1: like, Trevor Lawrence to get there. Yeah. And, like, that hasn't happened yet. We're we're waiting, waiting on Justin Fields, Fields, Fields to, get,
0: to get players around him.
1: Correct. <laughs> right. It's
0: just it's like these guys are
1: they're kind of on like the precipice. We think they're going to be there, but it's just like Tua really is the only young guy that's just taking the next step this year.
0: And for some reason,
1: yeah, keep going. He made an argument for somebody like Justin Herbert, no fault of his own, he's a stud, but with injuries and with Keen Allen's future kind of up Mm -hmm. in the air with his injuries, it's like he just, I don't know, we're struggling to get some top-end talent here. And going back to our former conversation, both in redraft and in Dynasty, if you are somebody that feels like you've got some pretty good running back depth, this might be the time to try and make a play to trade one of those guys for... A good wide receiver, um, if you have the depth of running back, simply because it seems, at least in my opinion, that of some of these top end guys and even wide receiver two type guys, you may be able to capitalize on the you know what's been the thought process for 15 years plus in fantasy that running backs are always highest capital, biggest mm. rarity. Um, and you might be able to find somebody in your league so that has that mindset and be able to get a very good wide receiver. In place of that, I know I've been making moves. I know our this this context is redraft, but I I went Still, in yeah, a span I of a week and a half from a guy that had surprisingly enough a lot of good running backs, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at my roster going. My roster is good, my but I have, no yep. I have no wide receivers. Yep, yeah, I have no wide receivers to start, and was able to make a few trades to. In, in my opinion, at oh least yeah, increase no. the depth. And I don't think that could have happened in past
0: years because it's just the way this kooky years happen. So let's let's put some pen to paper with this conversation. We'll take a hot name of like Travis Etienne. Like if someone offered you in dynasty context, like a Travis Etienne for Stefan Diggs, one up, like would you
1: like I feel yeah, like oh, if
0: you have that depth, like you have to consider that, right?
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, the depth is key, but that's a trade that if you are a manager that's got your two or three year win window that's a trade you make because stefan Diggs is still a super stud it seems like travis etienne's you know his his um trajectory stock is right yeah. each and every day by
0: the second i mean hey trade cut hasn't been running back five right now he's up 35 spots
1: <laughs> and the only thing that worries me about him is nothing performance wise but you just start to wonder can he hold up to with well, jacksonville as well but you wonder if he can hold up to you know, 27 touches like I think he had this past week that that concerns me a little bit because his body type just mm-hmm. doesn't profile to getting that many carries and sustaining it
0: yeah and and then like even going all the way up as high as like you know for, for instance like Ken Walker is now the running back too and according to keep trade cut I would trade Ken Ken Walker for Jamar Chase in a heartbeat and the thing is it's kind of like we've talked about is running backs are always they're always sought after It's so everyone wants it I mean it's the The young running back is an amazing thing to have on your team because suddenly you just feel so much better about your life. But which, but like what we fail to realize is, in about two to three years, their career, unless they are a superstar stud, is probably getting close to the end of the line. Right. Well, and you make a good point there from the standpoint of
1: taking that trade, an example as as young and amazing as Kim Walker appears to be. Um, There's just so much more security in the wide receiver position Mm -hmm. because if you're a stud, more than likely you've got eight to 10 years assuming you can keep up your production. Nobody's going to come out there and just take your position on the field more than likely unless you get injured. Um, And the lifespan is just so much longer for wide Mm -hmm. receivers. They tend to not get injured quite as much with long-term injuries, it seems. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, we see guys like Stephon Diggs and Keenan Allen, these guys that are getting upwards in the late 20s, DeAndre Hopkins, into 30 years old, who's still very productive. And running back-wise, you get to 26, 27. We're seeing it with names like Dalvin Cook and stuff mm-hmm. like that where you just start to slow down. And that's it, just reality.
0: And it's just – it's one of those, once again, that moment where you have to look at yourself in the mirror as a dynasty manager and say, should I do this? Like, for instance, like I'll take me because I thought about this earlier today. I'm like, so in the offseason, I basically traded away Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, and Stefan Diggs and I got Brees Hall, um, Sky Moore, um, DJ Moore, and Antonio Gibson basically in that trade or a part of like the overall after the picks were made. And then I traded DJ Moore for my one next year. But I mean, like I asked myself, like right now, I could be probably the top team in the league, scoring like 140 points a week. But my conviction that still stands true in the summer is I cashed in on the running backs, mostly Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler while I could because I just felt like, they're at that point in their career to where the probability leans toward them being less productive. Like for instance, I would venture to say if Keenan Allen never gets hurt, Austin Eckler probably still good running back, probably top 12, but he ain't going to be no number one because he's not going to be like the first read in every pass play. Right. Right. Uh, And there's an
1: interesting dynamic to this. This is just my personal opinion. I don't have any factual stats necessarily back this up, but receivers, once you have them, Seem to be a more surefire bet, but to me, it almost feels easier up front to get a stud running back when he's young and a mm-hmm. run from the standpoint of we've seen it. We saw it this year with Reese Hall oh, and Tim Walker and Damian Pierce. These guys that come in, if they can, if they're talented enough, that they can step foot in that RB1 conversation, then they're in mm-hmm. and they're going to be good for you, certainly for the short term, if not for several years. Wide receivers can seem to be a different game from the standpoint they have to rely on quarterback situation which is not always great you're relying on an offensive coordinator that's able to scheme you open um and so for some of these rookie rod receivers we're seeing it this year to where some of them have popped at different times but we haven't we haven't identified the stud yet um to where there's going to be one that pops here in a couple of years with these guys but we don't know which one it's going to be harder to identify in your rookie drafts um but once you have them and once you find them like we mentioned you're going to have them locked up for Five to 10 years,
0: maybe. Oh, yeah. Like, because, like, I'm sitting here in most of my dynasty leagues. Hey, this is a great feeling, by the way. I have Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle in a couple of my dynasty leagues. I'm not even looking at wide receiver in the draft unless it is a, an absolute stud talent, obvious best guy in the draft. So, like, just that security of knowing that both of those guys are most likely going to be in good situations. I and mean, we've seen Jalen Waddle produce with backup quarterbacks. I imagine Jamar Chase would probably do the same, but you know, Joe Burrow's not going to go anywhere like that security that I have, like genuinely it's kind of a weird thought process to put myself through, but those two could be on my main rosters for genuinely eight years, a decade before I start thinking of anything, because I mean, like Julio Jones was 31 when he finally started to croak and started, you know, be bad. Uh, Deandre Hopkins is 31. We have other historical references. Like, I mean, you want to throw out, like, a Roddy White, a Brandon Marshall. Um, even Mike Evans, I'd argue, is now in that territory of they've been great for about eight to ten years of just rock solid, steady production, even with injuries here and there, whatever. Like, you're never wrong to have them on your roster. But meanwhile, when you look at running backs like Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, like, you know, just in this example, I traded away or heck, I'll even throw like Brees Hall, Ken Walker, Damian Pearson. And about three years, there's a genuine chance all three of those guys are bad. Just because of their position. Like obviously I wish them the most success and all that stuff. Well, but you just kind of look at running back as a position, they're just viewed as a dime as a dime a dozen. So whenever you do have that rock solid, rock solid superstar like Bijan in this upcoming draft, that's why you have managers clambering to get up to the top end of the draft, which is when you know, sometimes you can make a haul off of guys like that. Well, and it's
1: You know, what we're discussing here ultimately is just simply, you know, our means of roster construction and roster building when it comes to dynasty. And as you mentioned, and for myself, it, it feels very similar in the fact of when I'm trying to build a dynasty roster, I want to establish those quarterbacks and wide receivers early if I can. Because like you mentioned, it allows you to almost focus on other areas if you can get a young stud wide receiver. I mean, sorry, excuse me, quarterback. Um, which is like for this reason, I was offered a trade this past week for Joe Burrow that I have in our Stranger Danger Dynasty League. Awesome trade from a value standpoint. I checked it. I was getting greater value in the trade, but Joe Burrow was by far the best player in the trade, and Mm -hmm. there's so much security in having a 23-, 24-year-old stud quarterback that I still denied it. Not because the value wasn't there, but it's just like there's so much security in that that I'm just not willing to have to go back through it again and have to dig up and find a young quarterback.
0: And, and, that's, and like like you said, like and this is where like I enjoy this conversation, it's roster-based construction because, you know, obviously everyone's trying to find their best way to build a roster. But like if you can find these cornerstone pieces of a rookie quarterback who even in a single quarterback league, if you're telling me like you have a quarterback who's going to be quarterback 15 for his entire career – Yes. Smash except probably one of the best trades you'll make in your lifetime. If you tell me that you're getting a wide receiver, that's going to be a top 20 wide receiver for, you know, five, six seasons. Every time that's a yes, because that's one less position you have to focus on to necessarily feel like you have to like put draft assets into or put trade capital into to try to improve. And kind of like, like we mentioned with this dynasty dark age, we feel like we're approaching with just positions in general it's like, do I really want to give up this young guy that I've seen be good for two to three years for, you know, a bunch of draft capital for a hit or miss prospect? Because remember, as much as we fawn over draft picks, I mean, you're talking to two guys here through across like three leagues <clears throat> combined, we probably have like close to 20 first round draft picks. And I'm not even kidding. Like we understand that these picks when pushed from the shove are lottery tickets. Yep. There's nothing solid. There's nothing said and done with them. And so like for instance, if I had the opportunity to trade a couple first-round draft picks for some young stud that I've seen be good for a couple of years in the NFL, I would probably do it, just right. because it's, it takes the wonder out. Like we've seen it with our eyes, right? Well, I, and, and you know, going off of that, it feels
1: like it feels like to me that I'll just speak from personal experience for me. The running back spot in a dynasty is something I'm always trying to turn over and try and get more. There's never enough on the running back side of it. And it's strictly related to how susceptible these guys are to injury, replacement, and age. And so, you know, as we discussed with quarterback and wide receiver, if I can get them, I've got them. It feels like at least for a while, you know, save for you mm-hmm. know an outstanding circumstance of a terrible injury or just something crazy. Yeah. But I'm I never can feel happy or content with how many good running backs i have because it could change in a year or two. And so you know, whenever we're trying to get draft picks, you not only are you obviously always wanting to get as high as you can when you're trying to trade for, you know, a draft pick from somebody you think might have a bad <laughs> roster, which is which is such a toss up in in of itself. We've seen that amongst our picks that, you know, you may think these teams are one thing, but fantasy's
0: fantasy is um, a fickle beast.
1: It's tough. But, you know, you know that for the most part, these running backs are always going to go top three, top four, these stud guys.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so if you can find a way to get yourself in that lottery, <laughs> you know, outside of just sucking and doing that, which is also a possibility.
0: Legal tanking <laughs> is a thing, okay?
1: But and, that, and that's part of it. That's an offshoot <laughs> of this conversation is, you know, I would ne- always start a full lineup, always play mm-hmm. to win, with what the roster you have in the regular season, but once that's done, then understand who you are, yeah. Understand what your team is, and play to those strengths. Because oh. similar to you know professional basketball or whatever, you can be great, you can be terrible, but you don't want to be in the middle. Yep, uh, and that's so you uh, can get those <clears throat> stud backs. That's what matters.
0: Oh gosh, I mean that's why like listen, it's like I have Miles Sanders on like all my dynasty rosters. For some god-awful reason, nobody wants him. I'm like, homeboy is a top 15 running back. That's right, gents. He's number 14 in points per game. Eat your heart out. I hope it stays that way. I thought I checked, and he was lower than that. I checked the other day, and I saw that Uh, he was number 14. I will say it was probably before this week's games happened. So he's now – he's 17 on the raw data. Now, with that said,
1: that doesn't take – it doesn't get full context because Brees Hall is number eight, so he's Mm -hmm. out. So that moves into 16. Cordero Patterson is just in front of him he can afford to miss one more game <laughs> and then he's right on that 12. I, I like my odds. He's supposed to be back in week nine we'll see what happens so Jonathan let's say Taylor. he doesn't though let's say he doesn't then he's 15 exactly on the dot
0: but and, so, then, and plus he's already had his bye week and a lot of these jokers haven't had their bye week yet right well this is season set this is season average I'm looking at so that but that it still counts. Because I think it logs it, anyways. Well,
1: I mean, it counts from the standpoint of they have another game to either go up yes. or down.
0: <laughs> so does, but so does Miles Sanders because he he missed that game. But anyways, neither here nor there. Um, that's why, like, I've been trying to actively trade him to rosters who are competing who still have like a first round pick because I'm like, like I find that borderline roster. I'm like, hey man, you're like number six in the league. This guy's currently like a top fifteen running back on the best offense in the league. Just switch me your onesies, and next thing you know, you're pushing like the number four, or number three in the playoff position. If I had to give a guess as to why maybe you're not getting as much
1: body you because people hate as, as much as you might hope. As somebody who's seen those same trade offers and hasn't sent you a trade, it is not that that Miles Sanders isn't good because he is. It's just that it feels like his ceiling is at a hard cap because he's got a, he has a 28 point game. No, mm-hmm. kudos to him. But otherwise, from that, he ends up being about a 13-, 12-, 14-inch guy, which is good. It's mm-hmm. very good. It's just that Miles Sanders isn't the type of guy that's going to win you a week.
0: I don't know. It. 28 points disagrees with you. And plus, I mean, listen, here's been the angle I've been working on people for, like, the past three weeks. I'm like, listen, he plays Houston, Washington, Indianapolis, Green Bay, Tennessee, the Giants, and then Chicago all the way through week 15. The first matchup you're actually going to have an issue with is week 16 at Dallas. But even against Dallas, homeboy already, you know, he already had a good game against him where he had 18 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown. All I've right, been well, sitting here, I'm going to advertise him like, hey, sure. I love him, but well, and, I want to pick for him. <laughs> and the problem with Miles Sanders, and I
1: would change the entire scope is if he caught any passes... Oh be a different story.
0: He caught me three they just,
1: passes a game, so they, they just don't. They don't target him, and so he's limited to what he can get you on the ground, which he's a solid 60 to 80 yards a game, mm-hmm. and you hope he scores. Yep. Now, in the context of last year, this offense is so much more explosive that he's they're in the red zone a lot more often. He's going to get more red zone opportunities, so he has that going for him. It's just if, if this guy caught passes at all, you're right. He, he would be a stud. You'd get a
0: first-round pick for him. It's just
1: and the problem is, we've seen him do it. We've I know it in the past, they just don't care. <laughs>
0: just I do know care. that's what breaks my heart. But I mean, and we didn't mean to turn this into the Miles Sanders hour, but I wish we could. But um, it's just one of those things that when it comes to dynasty roster construction, typically you add your cornerstones with a solid quarterback and some form of solid wide receiver, like even if it's a back end wide receiver one or a top end wide receiver two. After that, you can start plug the other holes in your roster to where, because I feel like you and I can agree of. Whenever you do acquire a running back, that's kind of signaling you're pushing for the next three to four seasons. Um, Just because their shelf life is shorter. But do whatever you want with that conversation. Uh, Wide receivers are fantastic. They are, I'd like to say they're the butter when it comes to your dynasty plate because it makes, or no, sorry. They're the bread when it comes to your dynasty plate because it just, it hits solid. It gets you that nourishment. Running backs are going to be more like the salt or the gravy or like the, you know, the butter that you spread over stuff, just because they make everything just a smidge bit better, just pushes it over the top. It's fantastic. Uh, but kind of to bring this first half to a close, I have a conversation that to bring up real quick, because we've seen in the past where a team goes like has a young quarterback and they go acquire a megastar wide receiver. I mean, happened last this season with Jalen hurts, AJ Brown. It happened a couple of years ago with Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. uh, deandre hopkins to kyler murray and just kind of you know players of the sort so jance i have a question for you of we'll just say going into 2023 if this wide receiver is on the move to a young quarterback who could be that next pairing because like josh allen stefan Diggs, top one two in the league like when it comes to combination they're both great rock solid fantasy options jalen hurts aj brown same thing um Even whenever it was, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, same thing when they made that deal. So, like, my question to you is we'll say, like, I have have four or five names here. Like, if Chris Godwin gets traded to a team that has a quarterback or, you know, young quarterback who has, who we kind of see flashes of, but was not great, could they elevate their game? So, like, for instance, if, you know, Buccaneers suck, Tom Murray officially retires, their rebuild mode team comes through with, Hey, we'll give you a second round pick for Chris Godwin. Like, if he went to the Giants, could we consider like Daniel Jones to be a part of the same kind of like general class that we've seen in the past of a decent young quarterback who all of a sudden has a great receiver and now they're both
1: elevated? Right. Well, in the context of Daniel Jones, it's, it's so difficult to project because his fantasy production this year is, is almost exclusively come by his running ability which we talk about that a lot in this Mm -hmm. podcast, but like just the passing numbers haven't been there yet. Yet he's been efficient. I want to see how this goes for the Giants because if he could stay there, say they they saw enough from him this year, they would let him stay. Mm -hmm. Then I could get on board with this. Now, I don't think he would make Jalen Hurts a Josh Allen leap by any means, but I think he could get into that fringe top 12 if he could get a stud receiver like a Chris Godwin, a DJ Moore, somebody like that, There's Tony could have stayed and actually been <laughs> yeah. what he was supposed to be. Um, then, yeah, because we've seen uh, Brian Dable be able to mold a quarterback. I mean, Josh Allen was was under his tutelage. So um, he's a name that you can look at. The, the two that I have my eye on, and I'm assuming you have them in this category, you correct me if I'm wrong. I will is is Trevor Lawrence and Justin. (laughs) Fields?
0: Those are going to be my next two names to bring up
1: because there are other names here. There's like a Kenny Pickett, but surprisingly enough with all the Steelers struggles, wide receiver really isn't one of them. They're all trying to trade away one of them, (laughs) but, but getting back to it, the Jags made some moves this off season, but it was still so odd because we could see and say Christian Kirk's, you know, decent. Zay Jones is decent. Evan Ingram's Mm -hmm. decent, but they didn't get that guy. They didn't go out and get what we would consider a superstar. They so didn't if, get that dude. Yeah, and so if they could, if they could come in and get a stud wide receiver on that roster, I could see him making a very significant leap. The problem we're having, you know, for those of you that are getting the opportunity to watch some Jags games, is Trevor Lawrence is just missing he, on throws. He doesn't look good. He he, has, he really hasn't made the progress that we had hoped he would this year. I mean, he has made some, but it, he's still missing throws he shouldn't which is concerning. I mean, he has a high enough pedigree. He's going to get another chance next year no matter what. But if this year doesn't show marked improvement with the last nine games or so, and you get into next year and it starts off slow, then you might have to start panicking.
0: He has a real coach now, and so he's getting actual real play calls. And he, we've seen flashes, but we haven't seen the consistency. So how about this? I'll just give you the five names I have listed, and then we can kind of pick and choose from there. So I have Chris Godwin. I have Brandon Ayuk because I do think that he can be that dude. We have seen him be that guy before. Um, Then I have a pair of Broncos with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. We don't know what they're doing. That team is all over the place. If they just decided, you know, whatever with Russell Wilson, I don't know. It's unlikely, but we also thought it was impossible that AJ Brown was going to get traded from Tennessee. Okay. Um, And then the last one that really will perk some ears is T Higgins. I say that because... They're going to have to start paying Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase soon. And I don't think T Higgins is going to want to stick around for the contract he would get in comparison to. So I feel like he might be a under the radar name. And like, for instance, like if T Higgins went to Chicago, oh my God. Oh, great. That'd be so great because finally you'd have Justin Fields with a, with an alpha one who can go up and get any pass who can run basically whatever route, I will say yes, he's good, Conrad, but I still think Jamar is significantly better. <laughs> um, but like he'll finally have that dude and we could see both of them ascend to potentially like new heights. Right. Well,
1: and that's the name that I'm I'm really excited about right now, is Justin Fields. Is a guy at least that I was high on coming this year, and they started off so terribly because it's as if the offensive coordinator, head coaching staff just had no idea how to use him. They didn't pass the ball, they didn't run with him. They've completely flipped the script on script on that the last 4 weeks and now he's my top like 80 ish quarterback the last 4 weeks. The rushing floor is there. Mm-hmm. Rushing for 60 to 80 yards a game. He's being efficient with his passes even if he's not getting a lot of yards.
0: He if doesn't he can have get a stud wide to throw receiver.
1: To. Yeah, if he can get a stud wide receiver and this organization decided to actually build around him and mm-hmm. keep him, then the sky's the limit for Justin Fields in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I just I, I so desperately want to see <laughs> it cuz we're we're seeing flashes of what he yep. can be and you just you want this organization to Go all in, and instead they're trading away Roquan they just, Smith.
0: Roquan Smith, and, they traded away Robert Quinn, they traded away their other defensive specialties. You should be getting players, man, to yeah. build up this young roster. Uh, but yeah, like, so like, we'll say, like, we'll stick T. Higgins in Chicago. I think that's a match made in heaven. Like, I think T. Higgins is just applicable everywhere because of his size alone. But like, you give me Chris Godwin, or I would even say Jerry Judy, who I am not a fan of, but you give me one of those two more like route running specialists with Trevor Lawrence. I think that will help with some of that intermediate inaccuracy that we've seen from him because they can create separation at a whim just because they are that
1: good. And, and, and one thing last second is yeah.
0: we've seen this with Tua is that I don't
1: think he's all the way there as a passer, but when you get Ooh. studs that can run with the ball after the catch and make moves for you, you it look great up a lot.
0: Yep. Yeah. That, that, that's the perfect example of a guy who got another asset. They already had Jalen Waddle, got another asset. Now those two are setting records in uh, Miami, but Thanks for sticking around for the first half. Second half, we have some questions about the games that's happened last week's Reach Forward. Tap, tap. We'll be back momentarily. We're back in the saddle again, everybody. That's right. I quote classical rock music because it's good for the soul. Um, We're going to start off with some game questions here. Chance, are you like mentally prepared in this late hour? Already? I mean, I gave out. I can tell the look on your face is just excited. My wife and I gave out candy today for two hours because we're recording on Halloween. Uh, we gave out candy for a little bit. And there's this little short chumparoo. He's like three foot tall. He's dressed as Prince Charm. He walked up. He was like, how many can I have? i made eye contact with him. And I said, you take as many as you want, man. You do you, boo-boo. <laughs> and you literally sit there for five minutes individually picking candy by candy, kind of like how you eat popcorn one yeah, at a time. <laughs> But I was I was proud of him. His parents looked at me and was like, "I hate you." You've never said much. that. <laughs> it's not my problem. It's your kid. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we'll start off on the top here. Baltimore versus Tampa Bay. A that game was in interesting to watch. Thank you, Taylor Reeves, for your word. Um, but all right, okay. Really now, how worried are we with, are we with Tampa Bay? Because we talked about it last week, but I'm bringing it up one more time. Like, is it time to start, like, hitting the bells and whistles here because they can't run the ball? They can't protect a statue known as Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's starting to short hop some balls. Like,
1: I, I, but, I, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, where this is tough is, is the Buccaneers are clearly, I should say, severely underperforming. We all know that. Mm-hmm. But with the landscape as bad as quarterback has been, as we just discussed, and some of these receiver spots, it's just I don't know – how are you going to get away from some of these guys? I mean, the targets are so high for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I think I saw that both of them are leading the league in targets over the last two or three weeks. And 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 they're moderately producing. So, I mean, you're not sitting those guys unless you just have incredible options, which I doubt you have. You're right about the run game. The run game is non-existent, but Leonard Fournette is very active in the passing game, so you're not going to sit him. And even as bad as Tom Brady is with how crappy we talked about Quarterbacks are – I mean, he got you 17 points last week, which is not great, but, I mean, that probably was about a top – well, this week they blew up. But on average, that's a top like 13 finish as this year has been. So, these guys are all downgraded from what they were. I still have hope because the yards are there and the players are there. <laughs> they just kind of – head zone. So, it's diminishing quickly. And I think you have to start dealing with reality that they might not get out of this funk. But for now, I mean, you're, you're still going to start them. I don't know how you can get away from these guys at the moment.
0: And the terrifying thing is that uh, here's their schedule for the next uh, – I mean, I'll just – so they Tampa Bay plays the Rams, which is also sputtering. So, I mean, that could just be a sputter fest as far as we're aware. They play a surprisingly good Seattle team by week. Then here's the run of defenses slash teams they play just in general through – I'm going to say week 15. Week 12 is at Cleveland, who's feisty no matter what. New Orleans, Marshawn Lattimore should be healthy by then. At San Francisco, looks like a buzzsaw right now. Then Cincinnati will probably have a full assortment of weapons and will just continue to look better on the offensive side. Like, if you told me they go 0-5, 0-6 for those games, I I don't know if I could disagree with you. Why I anticipate NASA? they should win a couple but, but I said should. <laughs> but the motivation
1: is still going to be there because any other mm-hmm. division of football, you could see where this could go off the rails pretty quickly to where if they were out of the race for their division, even the wild card with their record, they could just close up shop and call it good. But that division's so terrible. I mean, they're still in the <laughs> yeah. driver's seat. <laughs> I mean, aren't, aren't the I Falcons... know, Atlanta's, I know yeah. Atlanta's technically leading it, but I think if Vegas would still tell you that the Bucks are the favorite. So they, sh-
0: they should, but I mean, they're falling. Fast. Um, quick backup question. Also, you were right. Uh, Chris Godwin is third in the league in targets in the last three weeks. Mike Evans is looks like fifth in the league. So I mean, third but every if, week. And serves. if
1: that, and if the running game and the offensive line continues as we expect it to, there's no
0: reason any of that will change. Yeah, because it's all bad. Um, quick backup question. For the next couple of seconds. Uh, in dynasty context, is there a Baltimore running back that you want right now? J.K. Dobbins is probably going to be shell for the rest of the year. I have a feeling. Gus Edwards can't stay healthy. Pull the hamstring again. Uh, Kenyon Drake is ancient. Is bounced around between three teams. I mean, it's it's tough because I I think it's still J.K. Dobbins because of the pedigree, because of what we,
1: because of what we know they expect him to be, and we know that if, if any of these guys can stay healthy, they're going to be good because we've seen this Ravens run game be effective, and we saw them just take over the second half against the Bucks, who are traditionally a good run defense, and they just ran it down their throats. So. Whoever can stay healthy in this offense amongst those two top guys, they will be productive. It's just a race to see can you know when they're going to make it back and can anybody just stay alive in this backfield and they haven't been able to yet. And injuries are so hard to predict.
0: I would definitely agree with you, but I, and I would also say that the Baltimore Ravens are probably going to be a sneaky pick to grab someone in the draft. Um, trying to see what all picks that they have. So they have a team that needs a receiver. Yeah, well. they have – dude – they they traded one away. They did more to the Ravens. Oh. Yeah. I mean, even, even I like that. So, I mean, as of right now, the Ravens have pretty much their full allotment of picks. So, I would not be shocked if they drafted running back this year, and I would not be shocked if the Dynasty community, a.k.a. us, freak out about it because of the potential that would be there. Yeah. Um, going on to the next game, Denver versus Jacksonville. Um, do you have Dynasty concerns for Trevor Lawrence yet? I know we talked about it a little bit in the first half. I'm not necessarily maybe concern is too strong, but the uh, the value adjustment for Trevor Lawrence has to be setting in about now, right? Yeah, he has no, not I been think... the second coming of Andrew Luck. He's been kind of the second coming of Andy Dalton.
1: No, I, I seriously think you have to have concerns. I'm not I'm not punting on him. I obviously have him more and more leagues and in a one quarterback league. Mm-hmm. But to give you an idea of how my focus has changed, you know, last year when I drafted him and coming into this year, I didn't have a second thought about Trevor Lawrence. I said this guy's been a stud his entire life, the most touted quarterback out of the draft since Andrew Luck. And he's going to be great. You happen. shouldn't
0: have had concerns out of it because that was but, all that we were hearing.
1: But now I do have concerns. I do have <laughs> thoughts of, you know, we, we keep thinking this is going to work out. What if it doesn't?
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: not to say that it won't. And he's got time. And I still think he's, you know, he's a stud. But, you know, eventually he has to show that on the field and he hasn't. So, I mean, as crazy as it seems, three weeks ago, this would have. This wouldn't have even been a discussion, but Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence have been tied together through high school mm-hmm. as the top two prospects in high school, top two guys in college, same draft class. And after Justin Fields' first three or four weeks, didn't even seem close. But now that we see the Bears beginning to actually run the offense through him and use him to his strengths, I mean, sounds crazy to say, but who oh, would was you want right now in that dynasty elegant quarterback?
0: That was going to be my question to you because. I feel like I would currently lean Trevor Lawrence still just because I believe in Doug Peterson and they have more draft picks next year than the Chicago Browns or the Chicago bears do. Um, but at the same time, like I feel like you, I cannot fault someone for preferring Justin Fields because I think you and I had the conversation that coming out of the draft, they were both basically the same to us. Like we're like, yeah, they're great quarterbacks. Both of them are going to be great at what they do. Um, would be allowed to have either of them. But I mean, it. I hate you for asking if, that question if, because
1: I have if, no clue. If the Bears still had the same management and the same people that drafted Justin Fields, I it would, it would probably be an easy Justin Fields. Yes, that's a good point. But the fact that they don't have that and we still don't know if this organization trusts him enough not to draft mm-hmm. a quarterback next year is my only hesitation.
0: That I, I've, I definitely and firmly agree with that because if this team doesn't invest into the wide receivers for Justin Fields, he's just going to kind of dirtle out and kind of be just – the guy right. who – he's going to be Marcus Mariota reincarnate. And, and what's scary as it is, you know, they, they've been
1: performing better. Mm-hmm. And for them to go off and effectively trade two of their best defen- uh, defenders basically tells me they're punting this season.
0: Yeah. Which Just like not they punted look. last year. <laughs> not again. good um, But um, anything on the Denver side of the ball? I mean, I don't feel like there's any really thing dynasty-wise, honestly. No, no quick, I think you have to minute. be encouraged from russell's second half i mean
1: if, if this game started out the way it has been all year and then the second half it seemed like they started to get their legs underneath them they were fish in the red zone which they have been the exact opposite of that all year so i'm not changing projections on anybody at this point but it's something to keep an eye out for next week to see if this offense could just finally get on track
0: carolina versus atlanta um Obviously, Carolina just needed to get rid of Christian McCaffrey, right? Now they're just going to steamroll and be great, right?
1: I mean, they don't have to funnel targets to him, I guess. Open the offense up.
0: I mean, it's like Odell Beckham whenever he got off of the Browns. Suddenly they got better.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's a real thing. Um, They got rid of Baker as well. (laughs) Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, But, I mean, real note, suddenly they look like they're a functioning offense. I mean, Deontay Foreman had three touchdowns. DJ Moore caught a long Hail Mary touchdown, which, by the way, Screw you, NFL, for ta- like calling a 15-yard penalty on that. I'm like, homeboy just caught a Hail Mary last second to tie the game. Get over yourselves. Let's have some and fun. And P.J. Walker missed him on a couple of throws uh-huh. as well. It could have been a bigger day. Um, God, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, please, for the love of God, that will look good. Because that's, that that's offensive the, line.
1: the Panthers are The Panthers are doing – I mean, they're two and six. I mean, it's relative. But if they keep performing like this,
0: they can perform themselves out of – Number one, number two pick at this rate. I pray to all things holy, no. Because that offensive line doesn't suck. They're okay. Oh, they can get better. Um, But real quick, in Dynasty, who do you trust more going into next season? DJ Moore or Kyle Pitts?
1: Oh, man. Yeah, I'm kicking
0: in the crotch with that well,
1: one. The problem is it has nothing to do with the players to me. It's all about what these organizations will do in their drafts. Because uh-huh. we expect both will get different
0: quarterbacks. Well, it, it, do we? Because Atlanta just drafted Desmond Ritter in the third round.
1: Yeah, but I'm just saying, seemed, I, I would still say if they finish terribly, they I don't know how you don't take a quarterback. in this No, class, you're you're correct. That's what that's the problem. If you tell me that they're both equal and they both can do quarterbacks, then I'll stick with Kyle Pitts because I still believe that dude is. A stud we'll,
0: in his position. We'll just, for the com- sake of conversation, because I would agree, like, I would rather have Kyle Pitts over DJ Moore if they both get a new quarterback just because of his ability. But we'll just say for kicks and giggles that they like um, Desmond Ritter enough to next year just give him the keys. And, and we'll DJ say Moore the Panthers comes. get, yeah, then we'll say the Panthers get like CJ Shroud or Bryce Young or whatever quarterback comes out at the top.
1: No, I think, I think, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's dynasty value has to be going up quite a bit now because, I mean, it's. It, it took a hit because we could see the way this thing was going, but it's just – it's so clear to everybody. It's clear to us. We've said it. The dude is – he's a top-ten top receiver ten. in this league. Yeah, top-five, top-five. And that's the thing. P.J. Walker, for all of his – how good he's played the last couple of weeks, is still not a good NFL quarterback. Yep. But their rapport is good enough, and they're trusting DJ more enough that it's showing what he can be. That despite the fact that he's, he's – what is it, 25? He's not even old, but he's not – Super young. Yeah, no, he's that. 25.
0: DJ Moore will be 26 next year. And by, Isn't this his fourth NFL season? Yes,
1: I believe. So Jeez. I could see if if he just continues on a decent clip like he has the last three weeks, the DJ, DJ Moore can vault himself back up into <clears throat> top 15-ish dynasty receiver because I think he fell as low as 24, 25.
0: Just before the season started, according to Keep Trade Cuts rankings, um, September 1st he was wide receiver 12 because everyone was hype about Baker. By the way, future note for our brains of getting a quarterback late should not boost players' values. It should probably drop them. Um, from quarterback or wide receiver 12 on September 1st, his low point was wide receiver 35 October 10th, but now Ooh. he's climbed himself back up to wide receiver 21.
1: Yeah, so I could I could see him getting back close to that 15-ish range.
0: Because so, he just, okay. He's that good. But so we're in agreement that if next season we see the Falcons are giving it back to Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter, that we'd rather have D.J. Moore with a probable new quarterback. Now, here's another caveat for the next five seconds. Uh, one word answer only. If the Panthers get Jimmy Garoppolo and the Falcons have either Desmond or Marcus Mariota, do you prefer D.J. Moore or Kyle Pitts? Yeah, Moore.
1: I and mean, I appreciate- Garoppolo, for all his faults, has shown that he can't sustain – good receivers
0: ah, and i'll just skip to that one since we're talking about uh jimmy g here um san francisco played the rams um a just real quick are the rams just done they've looked bad they got steamrolled they have no offensive line no running back you can trust they started a udfa um i think his name was like johnny rivers which sounds like a guy who makes moonshine or something Ronnie rivers yeah what's the difference i mean their defense is fighting on the sidelines they just ways, everything
1: is gone. They're their offensive line we know is, is terrible. And my hope was that with Sean McVay, as smart as he is, mm-hmm. as good of an organization as it's been, that that bye week would have been an opportunity for them to implement some new things, make mm-hmm. some adjustments, <laughs> out it all. And so I think, I think that that's got to take the wind out of their sails. I mean, this season just I don't see a turnaround because their defense is not even <laughs> good. Their defense was supposed to be. The anchor when everything was bad, and they they get torched on the ground right now. They get torched through the air. It if you're
0: matter. a Rams fan, um, just remember that you won the Super Bowl last year. Because you're not going to see competitiveness for another five years because you have no draft capital. You have no money. Aaron Donald's about to retire. Um, Jalen Ramsey's probably about to go to free agency or retire. Um, Matthew Stafford's in the same boat. Like you're about to have a miserable time, in my estimation. Um, and I wanted to jump to this game real quick because. Where I want to park at is the San Francisco quarterback craziness. What do you do with San Francisco? The guy that you tried to get rid of all summer came in and is saving your bacon. I know you traded for CMC, but also I'll say this you wouldn't think that you could make the move for CMC if you didn't think you were competitive, which Jimmy G is keeping you competitive in every game. Right. Well, what do you do next year?
1: Well, it goes both
0: ways from the standpoint of, of
1: I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo has shown that he's any different than what he's always been. He's mm-hmm. just, he's, just, he's a just steady, a, steady, decent quarterback. He doesn't rock the boat. He's just not going to go out and win the game for you more than likely. Thing is, I was thinking about this today. Is there, is there a team that has better skill position players than the 49ers? Is there a single offense you would take over their skill position players?
0: If you're saying everybody is healthy, I, I might venture to put the chargers up there, but they can't stay healthy. But like, I would still take the 49ers because they have, CMC, they have Debo who's just utility knife, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. I mean, the Achilles Hill is just gonna be the offensive line. Right. Well, and that's the thing, is is
1: it's interesting to see what they think because I think the 49ers, because that skill talent, they'll make Garoppolo look very good at times.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just gonna be a matter of does do they get to the playoffs, which they more than likely will. And no matter how good this roster is, we know there's going to come a time in the playoffs where he's going to have to lead a drive and the ball's going to have to get downfield. In the past, he hasn't been able to do that. I even heard a stat this week, blew my mind. For as long as Jimmy Garoppolo oh, yes. has been playing for the 49ers, which has been, what, three, four, five years now? I think so. He had his longest completion outside the numbers, <laughs> and it was 30 yards. That's the, that's the furthest pass he's ever completed. To somebody outside the numbers, oh which God. I didn't think was possible. <laughs> so, this man is a which we've said it forever. He throws it over the middle, throws it short, relatively speaking, and that's just who he is. And now, these skill position players are, are good enough they could take him, you yep. know, pretty far. It's just I don't know that, that changes the quarterback dynamic because I don't know what to say that if Trey Lance wasn't in there, if you could just give short dump offs to McCaffrey, get Devo in space and stuff like that, who's to say he couldn't do? close to the
0: same thing so i don't know what they think in that regard and so we're basically going to be having probably the same exact conversation next off season of is it going to be trey lance or is it going to be jimmy garoppolo because you know there are people in that front office that are going to require it to be trey lance so they keep their jobs because they traded how many was it three first round picks or two Yeah they, tra- they traded i think it was three and the, the salary cap
1: i just don't know it's gonna to be tough for them to justify paying two quarterbacks. Cause that's a problem with this as well. I know we got to get moving, but Jimmy Garoppolo is, is playing well enough. And he's, he- he's now shown that his shoulder is healthy enough. Yep. That when he hits the open market after this one year contract, or this extension, he got somebody's going to be willing to pay him a decent amount of money. And the four ers are going to have to more than likely match or exceed that offer. And I can't imagine it's going to be super
0: cheap. Nope. And that's going to show us how healthy and how much they believe in Trey Lance is, A, if they pay him, B, how much they pay him. Because, like, Carolina, they're going to come hard after him. Like, Tampa, if Tom Brady retires, you can't tell me they're not going to go hard after Jimmy Garoppolo or, I mean, even Seattle to some degree. I mean, there's teams all across the league that are going to be pining for Jimmy Garoppolo, and so San Francisco is going to tell us by their investment into him. By the way, just for kicks and giggles, um, the 49ers traded three first-round picks and a third-round pick to move up like four spots, I think, Right to switch well, to the I, Dolphins.
1: And I think that front office is going to be able to feel justified in keeping Lance from the standpoint of they can just point and say, hey, he was injured, Man. getting an opportunity this year. It would be different if he was out there and he was doing what Baker Mayfield was doing this year or even what Mac Jones has done this year and just not improved. Um, but it's basically as if this year didn't even happen. He's just back to the same place that were.
0: And it's going to be so fun to talk about it again all summer next summer. Um, moving on to Chicago versus Dallas, Um, real quick: Is Zeke officially toast? And is this the last week to acquire Tony Pollard for something less than a 2023 first-round pick?
1: Well, his price is going to be up there because whoever his owner is is going to be seeing gold. But I don't think so. I think I think the Cowboys do what they do, and Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones came back out fault? and said,
0: "This team runs through Zeke." For, for all of Jerry
1: Jones's faults. Honesty is not one of them. He is—he'll <laughs> tell you what he thinks and how he feels, and I don't think that's a lie. For him to come out and say Zeke, the Cowboys are as as Zeke goes, and that's the truth. And I wouldn't be shocked in the least after this bye week they go right back to the exact same amount of carries. And I think as good as this week was for Pollard, I think you have to be hesitant for the short term because even as great as it was, he still only got 14 carries. I mean, they made sure Travis he did not it. exceed his limit, and. They seem to have a certain amount they want to give him, and they're just going to do that. If you had to and guess so,
0: where Tony Pollard is in Dynasty on Keep Trade Cut, where do you think he is?
1: Running back. Yep. I'm sure
0: he's. If
1: it's adjusted for this past week or recently, I would assume he's got to be up to around 13 or 12. I'm
0: I'm assuming it might not have gone might not have adjusted just yet to this week, but he's running back 21 according to their rankings. And remember, this is a backup running back who you see get like 10 that carries. A game. Me. Um. I, I think when we check this all for, like, Thursday or something, I guarantee you he'll probably be at least number 15, bare minimum. Well,
1: I, I think for all the conversation we have for this year, I mean, I think we all feel pretty unanimous in the fact that Zeke may not be coming back at all next year to Dallas. Yep. And if he does, it's going to be on a reduced contract. Yep. And he'll be another year older with more knee problems that there's no way they could, you know, not give Pollard the
0: carries over in that situation. Tony Pollard just pops. When he touches the ball, he pops. Um uh, we noted that Justin Fields officially has a pulse. Um, dynasty still a solid guy to have in your roster. Um, Dave Montgomery's dynasty value is something that's always in flex real quick. Um, do you have any take for a Dave Montgomery manager? Like, is this – do you go and acquire him? Because he is – he's so shown, shown that he's a good running back, but yet the team hates him.
1: Well, or I don't it's even like, know
0: it's, it's, it's so you- much that. It's that they,
1: they've leaned in the run game. They've been the most efficient running team in football, surprisingly enough, for all their faults. It's just that Khalil Herbert to the eye test has he looks he looks better than David
0: Montgomery. He runs more efficiently than David Montgomery. I'm appalled by what I see in Keep Tree Cut right now. David Montgomery (laughs) is behind Khalil Herbert. Well, I think it's just behind behind AJ Dillon. They're one year one year difference. Right, but it's
1: not I should clarify, it's not just age, it's usage as well. That by the fact he's a year younger, he hasn't run as much.
0: That's that still blows my mind because like we've seen David Montgomery be a top five fantasy running back. No, I think it's just maybe I'm just a truth. I would assume
1: it's just people worrying that for the last four or five weeks, that even though David Montgomery's been fine, he's been efficient. It's just that with the carries and the touches Khalil Herbert's getting, he looks a little bit more efficient, a little bit more explosive. Now, one thing is David Montgomery has not lost his pass catching duties. Khalil Khalil Herbert's not doing that. So, if you to answer your original question, if you're a David Montgomery owner, I think you just stay pat. You continue to start him for now. I don't think there's a whole lot you can do because you're probably not going to get the value you're looking for because people will be concerned about Khalil Herbert. As a Khalil Herbert, as a, excuse me, as a Herbert uh, owner, I've been trying to trade him <laughs> just to the the Montgomery people. owner, and I can't get any dice for it. So <laughs> um, if you're somebody that has him, though, I don't feel bad holding him because I think there is a – while it might not be the most likely of all outcomes, I think there's a possibility that they go in the offseason next year and the Bears see him in training camp, and they say, "Hey, we're swapping these roles. Khalil, you're one. Montgomery, you're 2nd I'd have to check.
0: I'd have to check and see the contract, but I feel like David Montgomery's has to be getting close to being up. Well, um, this is his. This is his
1: fourth. I think this is his fourth year in the league. So I don't know exactly how it goes, but usually, because uh, he, he was like a second round pick, right? Yeah, well, you, I know you get at least four years. Well, I think if. Go ahead. And then the team will have a fifth-year option in some cases. I don't know
0: his specific. That's just. I think that's just with first-round picks is where they get the okay, For so Then
1: four pick. years, I'm sure, is it? Yeah.
0: So, huh. We'll Interesting. Yeah, we'll look. We'll look at it later. Um. Anyway, so picking up some steam here because we burned a lot of time on some good topics. Like I'm not going to hide that. Like they've been fun topics. Um. Miami versus Detroit, real quick, 45 seconds. Is it time to sell DeAndre Swift in Dynasty? We see the talent, we see how great he is, but yet Jamal Williams does not go away. If you
1: can get a good haul for him, I would. It has nothing to do with the talent. It's, we're, we're just, he's showing us that he cannot stay healthy. And even so, from off that, I think the Lions may finally begin figuring out that, hey, if we want to keep this guy, we're going to have yeah. to reduce his workload a lot. And that's not to say he can't be explosive and get you big plays, but if he's only going to get 10 to 13 touches like he got this week going forward, then. He can't be the guy you drafted him to be. He just can't.
0: Rapid fire: De, um, DeAndre Swift or Travis Etienne?
1: Travis Etienne for me right now.
0: Swift or Damian Pierce? Swift. Swift or Brees Hall?
1: Brees Hall. I like. I him. Help with the ACL That's injury, but he looks
0: yeah. so good. Um, then on the Miami side, uh, you have Tua, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek just setting NFL records. I think like Tyreek's on a pace to break two thousand yards this season. Uh, Jalen Waddell is just always ever-present. Um, Tua Tungabalo looks great whenever they're all on the field. Um, seki
1: has been more involved recently,
0: too. zeki has been involved. Um, I think I heard a stat that Tyreek and Jalen Waddle have the most combined receiving yards through the first eight weeks of an NFL season ever. Um, and this is why I think last week I posed the question of, are they all going to be top five at their respective positions coming in next year? um in dynasty even in dynasty i'll flip that out there but they look fun it's a fun team to watch god i hope they get better in the offseason get antonio gibson miami make me a happy person i would love it he's a younger raheem Mostert who gets hurt less anyways arizona versus minnesota what do you do with Rondell more, more in dynasty because we've seen a couple games of great couple games of disappearing hacks and i'm not just saying that because he's short Okay. I think he's somebody worth holding and trying to acquire
1: if you can. It depends on how the how the Cardinals use him because he started when he came back off injured reserve. Um, he started in the slot, had a couple yeah. of good weeks. DeAndre Hopkins came back. They put DeAndre Hopkins in the slot surprisingly enough for part of the game. Rondell Moore disappeared completely because they put him on the outside. He mm-hmm. what is he five seven. I mean, it makes no sense. I little think he's five six. Um, and then this past week they put him back in the slot, which is his natural position. He popped again. So if if they he just sure that up and run him in the slot as he's, as he should. And I think he has some appeal because he's very talented in that role. I don't know that he profiles to ever be a guy that's going to be a, you know, a high end wide receiver two or anything, but. He could be a good week filler. To have him as, I think he could profile and, and grow into a guy that could be a very solid, consistent wide receiver two and a pinch and a flex guy.
0: Probably. So I, I think I he'll probably, yeah, he'll probably be a gadget wide receiver three for his career, but that's, that's not bad. Like, If you had the offer of a late twenty twenty three two or Rondell Moore, what would you take? And this is, and this is, we should clarify this more often. But this is
1: speaking in half point PPR. If we don't mention it, we're we're referencing half point PPR. Yes, because PPR leagues, mm -hmm. that discussion changes. I can see a very solid wide receiver two in that context. I can see that.
0: Um, Anyways, real quick, Rondell Moore or a late twenty twenty three two. Rondell Moore, Isaiah Pacheco or Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore. I don't trust Kansas City's running back. <laughs> Brandon Cooks or Rondell.
1: Rondell. I mean, I could change if, if Brandon Cooks gets traded he, tomorrow. I was to about to better. say. <laughs> I was about to say that.
0: I <laughs> could change instantly. Uh, Minnesota. nothing's changed. They're, they've been the same for the past six years. You just you're happy with life as it is. Um, New Orleans versus Las Vegas. Woof! What a game to watch. Um, I do have a question because I am down on Alan Kamara consistently. Um, is this time to trade on him to get a haul? Because you can easily convince people, like, "Hey, Alvin Kamara is back. He's going to be a guy who's hyper efficient. He's going to get all these yards." And like, if you got an offer of a mid-2023 one plus some sort of middle-tier running back, I, I would smash the accept button personally. I, I think you should, depending on the, the position of your roster in right.
1: playoffs and stuff. For me, it's not the reasons we're discussing. I mean, his his targets are phenomenal. Yeah, and I don't see that going away. We talked about this with Austin Eckler. As long as you're getting those kind of Fast catching opportunities, you, you almost have to be a stud, or will be, I should say. What I'm concerned about is we almost know for sure there's got to be some form of discipline coming his way next year. Yep. There could be a significant suspicion if not a full year, which we don't want to speculate. But that, that almost feels like it has to happen. So if you're in a dynasty context and you feel that same way and you can get a lot for him because, because of these performances, that might be something you aim to do. But if you're somebody that's in a win-now win mode, I have no problem keeping him as well, because with the stats he's putting out right now, I mean, he's easy top five running back.
0: I think this is the last year you want Kamara on your roster next year. Like you said, there's a suspension looming and he turns 28. That's when players kind of start to hit the wall or their roles really change. Um, Like for instance, if you're competing, if you have a first round pick and a second round pick next year, I think you send that offer. And I think that deal gets done pretty quick. Um, Taking up once again, a little bit more pace here, Um, New England versus the jets An observation I had is, Will the Jets stick with Zach Wilson for the long haul? Just because he he makes dumb decisions. Like, there's I think two of his three picks, he's trying to throw it to a guy who's quadruple covered. I'm like, you're rolling out. You see he's covered. Throw the dang ball out of bounds. Live to fight another day.
1: I think they will, at least for a little bit, because at front office, they drafted him. They want to feel justification for it. So he's going to get some more run. The bigger question I have is with Brees Hall gone now, Yep. Is this offense just gonna be forced to throw uh-huh. which is by nature going to cause Garrett Wilson to come back into the fray in certainly a reject context? We know he's great in yep. dynasty, but I
0: I think this is where the team's gonna discover a lot about Zach Wilson's future on their team. Like this is a dark horse to potentially get like one of those middle tier quarterbacks in the upcoming draft. I will stand on that stone. Billy Myers, a consistent starter. <laughs> Might as well. Keep- he just keeps going. Just keeps four like, touchdowns. like you said, he, he went from no touchdowns in the first four years, all of a sudden I like a touchdown every 10 him minutes. Him and Miles
1: Sanders, man. Yeah, the baby. same way.
0: Like... Um, Ramondre Stevenson's dynasty value. Do you value him as a top 15 running back real quick?
1: I uh, think it's hard to trust the way the Patriots view running backs. I wouldn't be surprised in the least if they dropped another one next year. But what you have to be excited <laughs> about is he's catching so many passes. Yep. If they let him keep that role, that changes the entire game because that's what hasn't happened in the last – you know, half decade, if not more. They've never had a guy that does both. If you can keep that, then I'm interested.
0: For perspective, Keep Trade Cut has him at 14. Fantasy Pros has him at running back 19 in dynasty standings. Um, Pittsburgh versus Philadelphia. Najee panic button. I'm smacking it. I'm out. I'm done. Bye, Najee. Have fun in the abyss or on a different team.
1: There's That's been tough. zero there's I just zero wonder with Najee if it doesn't turn into a Saquon Barkley situation who where the guy was a stud his first year. And then Saquon kind of went off the map for two and three years or about two years there, where he was,
0: that was hardly even related. running back two. Huh? That, was, that was injury related though. This is well, just that's what I, that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. curious
1: if this is all smoke and we get to the offseason, they say, Oh, Najee's no, having full on foot surgery again, whatever. And they find us an injury. Like that's have happened with
0: Saquon. It would so not I'm, shock me. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm go ahead.
1: holding out hope for something like that. It's for that reason if you could find a manager that's panicking in dynasty and get him for a high like a, like a super high in second if they want yep. that I, that would
0: be- that's what I was about to say I would not give a first round but I would do a second round plus like you know a back end tier running back two for him like if you told me Clyde Edwards Alaire and and um, like a mid to high two for Najee even I would accept that um, because it won't shock me if you're in the next couple of weeks suddenly he's shut down for the year because they're out of any contention and he needs list frank surgery um, anything else with Najee um, Jalen and AJ Brown, as a dynasty value, as a pair, like as a pair of coconuts, are they? <laughs> I wanted to that, quote Lion King there. That'd be one of the highest
1: pairings you can have. I mean, the throws that Jalen was making yesterday, phenomenal. He looks like he's passed the test on,
0: you know, improving was, as we hope. Oh, heck, like, heck yes. This was the step that we talked about in the offseason and if he took, he will be a top like three quarterback. Um, real quick, as a pair, would you rather have? Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, or Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown?
1: That's tough. In Dynasty, I want to lean the Eagles just because of the youth. And short-term redraft, it's the Bills, no question.
0: Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, or Jalen and – Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, or Jalen and A.J. Brown? Still give me Burrow and Chase. Chase is the best player in that entire thing. What if I change it to Burrow and Higgins? Then I'll go Eagles, guys. Good, good man, good man. Um, going to Tennessee versus Houston. A. Derrick Henry is just a scary good in a great way, and scary in a bad way because he's like twenty nine. He doesn't die. And fun fact, this is his fourth consecutive two hundred yard rushing game against the Texans.
1: I think he's now up to RB two on the season and average. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, real quick, what's his dynasty value in twenty twenty three? Because he's going to be like the Dirty Thirty, I think, or at least twenty nine, something like that. He's got to hit the wall, right? Oh, certainly. I th- but I think he's still going to be holding on to that fringe top 12
1: list just because the here and now, he's he's a phenomenal – you know, he's top three running back.
0: So next year for Dynasty, we'll just skip through the top, you know, six. So that's JT, Saquon, Christian um, Halton, Christian McCaffrey, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker. Um, would you rather have DeAndre Swift, Derrick Henry next year? DeAndre because of age, right? As far as Dynasty? Yeah. It's still DeAndre. Um, Austin Eckler or Derrick Henry? Uh, give me Eckler still. Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry? Chubb. Javante Williams or Derrick Henry? I would say Henry. Give me what's left of Henry. Uh, I, I would put that there, too. Joe, real quick, Joe Mixon or, or Derrick Henry? Oh. I want to uh, say Henry for some reason,
1: because Joe's getting up there, too.
0: That That's, <laughs> that's like my fine line. Um, we just basically put him – because we basically put him at like running back 10 – I feel like it should be lower, but at the same time, as a Derrick Henry hater, I can't do that. Like that just feels like I'm disrespecting him, which I am a little bit, but it's fine. Um, Washington versus Indianapolis. Antonio Gibson. This is my bold statement here. Antonio Gibson is the better fantasy running back in Washington for the rest of the season.
1: I don't is think it, that's. I don't think that's even a hot take at all. I think that's. Thank God. It, if he's going to continue to get the catches he's getting or the, re- the receptions he's getting now, as well as I think they're at minimum splitting goal line work, if not him uh, getting more, then, yeah,
0: that's, that's easy. It's funny that it took them to play Brian Robinson to realize Antonio Gibson is better in this whole process. So We're I hope you efficient. bought low and Antonio Gibson. I tried to. People shut me down, made me sad. Um, Real quick, is Sam Ellinger the better – is better than we think? So is he going to keep the job in 2023? I think it's too early to speculate on that. I think you have to be happy with what you saw. He was
1: efficient. The Colts threw this game away with turnovers. They were in Washington uh, red zone three different opportunities, gave away with three points. I want to see how he does New England, but I, uh, I think that's wait and see. I think he was pretty good.
0: I think I think if in three weeks we're asking the same question and he doesn't look horrible, I think he has a chance of holding it just because that team's about to hit the reset button. Um just kind of with everything. So just kind of be on the lookout for what they do in the draft well, at Minimum, he could be auditioning for another team as well. That's yep. watching. Um, Seattle versus the giants. Will either of these quarterbacks be the starting quarterback for their team next year.
1: <laughs> you're asking me one of just one of the two. Then yeah, I think one of them. What about sure. both of them? Uh, the giants just feel like a team that's going to end up finishing like eight, nine. Don't they? I just Dude, feel like that's how it's going to go.
0: It's crazy. We say that, but here's their next like five games. It's Houston, Detroit, Dallas, Hard game, Washington, Philadelphia, Washington. Then they play Minnesota, Indianapolis, and then Philly to close the year. They could the be, last five or so is where it's get, It, it could be tough. 11 and six, and that's a gross thing to say out loud. Um, but I agree. I guarantee one of them. Don't ask me which one because I am as clueless as everybody else. Uh, we're going to talk about San Francisco and the Rams. Um, real quick, Buffalo versus Green Bay. Who's the quarterback in Green Bay, Green Bay next season? Is it Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, or enter a player name here? He looks like he doesn't want to be there, doesn't he? He looks like as, he's done. As, as
1: more as this season keeps going, he just you almost expect that Rodgers is going to retire. I mean, I, I hate to speculate, but that's that's almost if I had to put money down on it, that's almost the way I'd go.
0: Yep. Um, real quickly, AJ Dillon's dynasty value is just the, the buy low window because next season Aaron Jones is probably not going to be sticking around, especially since we think Aaron Rodgers won't be there. So it's probably going to be AJ Dillon, but also we're seeing. Uh, I think LaFleur it is a by low. Uh, kind of sketch. I think it is
1: a by low from the standpoint of, of we saw how good he was last year, and he yep. just looks. He's just been inefficient this year, so I'm going to continue to, to stick with the larger sample size and still say that he's good. But it's a little worrisome that it's just, it just hasn't been yep. as good as you thought it'd be.
0: Uh, real quick analysis, and my question for the Cincinnati versus Cleveland game, which is not a question, it's. Cincinnati is going to Mr. Jamar because they can't stretch the field, end of story they lost 13-32 by the way um, but thank you for you guys for sticking around for this episode, um, you can find us on our socials at, or on Twitter at Misfit underscore FF or through our email at v.misfit.ff at gmail.com where we'll answer all of your fantasy football related questions, chance um, thank you for hopping on and now it's officially like Christmas season hey me, enter the Christmas bells here See, Look, they're going right now, it's glorious. Listen to it, and I can hear the sleigh bells ring, ting, tingling. Um, but thanks okay, for tell my wife, <laughs> I gotta put the tree up soon. Yeah, I told my wife we can do that soon too for my own safety. But, um, thank you guys for sticking around. Find us again on Thursday, where we'll be previewing week nine. Gross, but yeah, we'll be here for it. Dynasty never dies. Catch you guys later.